0: to Fantastic Beats. Three people, three tracks. We swap and we talk about them. I'm Jack Tuter.
1: I'm Lizzie Maris.
0: And our guest this time is digital products designer, uh, jiu-jitsu wizard and putty-boned yoga maniac, James Marriott. Hello, James. How's it going? Yeah, it's good. Thanks for joining us on this Sunday morning. We're recording on Sunday morning for our track recommendations and chats about those tracks. Uh, I'm going to kick us off this time. With a track by Dean Blunt called 50 Cent, which came out in 2014 from his album Black Metal. And he's a British musician and artist. He was in the band Hype Williams. And he's got this reputation for being incredibly difficult to pin down and quite mercurial. He doesn't do... Many interviews, and when he does, people always think that he 's taking the piss and second guessing what he 's saying and there's definitely always a sense that he's toying with his his audience and uh, you know their powers of patience and tolerance as well. I mean I saw him live uh, a few years back. And there was a vocal loop that he played out into the crowd for about 15 minutes before he came on and then filled filled the stage up with dry ice so you couldn't see anything and came out and had no audience interaction and then fucked off again, which was amazing, but makes him incredibly compelling. And this track, uh, like I say, is from the album Black Metal from 2014, which is full of these very dark, like reverb-heavy songs um, with kind of elements of folk and industrial as well. And I think that this track... I love... A lot of the tracks on this album this one for me is honest i think it's perfect i mean it's so bleak it's so full of shadow it takes me right back to seeing him live in amongst all of that dry ice and the silhouettes of them on stage uh it has these guitars that sort of fold over themselves it's kind of delayed in a manner which means it just becomes this smear uh the drum machine as well driving everything along feels like it's being played in with someone's fingers it's like very sloppy and out of time And his duet, his vocal duet with um, Joanne Robertson, who's the other singer on the song, has this kind of argumentative tension to it where I think basically the story is, I mean, the first line that he says is, I want a girl doesn't want me back. And her line is like, you're back again. I can't believe you. And there's a sort of sense that there's history there, but he's being kind of persistent and she's like just, fuck off but it's done in this way which feels like very he, he's kind of muttering bitterly to himself it feels very lonely this song to me and it's always over quicker than i expected to be it's two and a half minutes but it really goes by in a flash which i think just makes me it's, it's got this fleeting sensation to it which makes me want to listen to it again uh lizzie what do you think
1: yeah it's interesting you say that he toys with his fans a little bit because i felt um quite short by the song every time huh? I listen to it when it finishes <laughs> I just go what and I think sort of the last thing that she's saying is like I can't believe you and I'm like well I can't believe that because that has Can just you know? gone and happened <laughs> no but I really so what I found really interesting about it is the structure of it Um, yeah you're right like he clearly doesn't care for what would be considered like a pleasant structure because the intro is like really really long it's about a third of the song yeah. and you think it's always always about to kick in and then it goes around on another sort of four or eight bars Um, but yeah I like the intro it's sort of really long and woolly and shoegazy and then when yeah when those kind of yeah they are sort of lonely bleak vocals kick in but actually i think she she does quite a lot of the work in it
0: totally yeah i think she's
1: kind of doing the heavy lifting on it and it's like a really sort of short tense argument and then you're done um yeah but yeah really really enjoyed it really enjoyed it i can i can understand that it's perhaps difficult to be a fan like (coughs) he's not making it easy but but that's that's absolutely fine but i it's interesting you say about that live context as well because i can i can see that yeah nice one yeah yeah
0: Yeah, he's he is a he did there's a bit in that set i didn't mention as well where he just had a, a sine wave playing and going up and down and then a strobe like getting faster and then slower for about 10 minutes and so he i think he just has a disregard for audience tolerance a lot of the time james what do you think of it
2: i really love this track um It's kind of like a weird dream uh, that you've had where loads of kind of disparate parts of your day have kind of leaked into your consciousness and kind of merged together and formed something that's whole but like totally kind of alien to anything else that I'd heard before. Nice. Um, I mean, having said that, there's a few little references that I did pick up on that I think like, there's a bit of, like, the sort of Kurt Vile and Ariel Pink kind of dreamy sort of sound in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really loved it. What was kind of also interesting about it was that it's popped up on my Spotify before on my, like, Discover Weekly. So I kind of knew it. Oh, cool. And and it's it but I think it's sort of bad that um I knew it but didn't know it at the same time and it's kind of what Spotify tends to do a lot with the kind of Discover Weekly and sort of it's sort of generated playlists where it'll just keep sort of spoon feeding you stuff. It kind of yeah, anonymizes mm. tracks and artists a little bit.
0: Yeah. Which I think is probably Dean Blunt's someone for whom that actually probably works sort of in the sense that there is a strange anonymity to him anyway so the fact that it's a track that sort of floats on the edge of awareness and conceals its identity it sort of works with the algorithm a little bit I know in a general sense that's kind of can be quite displacing but um yeah I mean I I, what I like as well is that if this is something which is someone's exposure to Dean Blunt the rest of his stuff is not like this. Like, he does some really kind of intense, like obnoxious kind of hip hop stuff. Uh, he does some stuff which is just built from orchestral samples. And uh, yeah, he's. And also, he sold, I think, on eBay, like a toy car filled with weed because he said he needed the money. Um, he just does a lot of stuff that is, is quite funny. I
2: try to go, but I can't relax. You nigga now we can't be found Bible coming and they know my name
0: Let's go to our second track, James. It's yours. You'd like to tell us about it? That'd be great.
2: Cool. So i picked uh, stir fry by Migos, and I picked this because uh, it's from the soundtrack to the show Atlanta, which ah. I was really, really into, ah. um, like deeply last year. So. For those who don't know, it's created by Donald Glover, a.k.a. Childish Gambino. And it's sort of described as a comedy um, online on Wikipedia and stuff. But I think it's just the genre of it. It's just way more interesting than a a comedy. It's really deep and and dark and surreal. uh, And it's got its own, like, really sort of vibrant, immersive world. And I was just totally absorbed in that for... Uh, the duration of me watching it uh which was about like two weeks <laughs> to get through, to get through both seasons um yeah it was <laughs> i I loved it that much the track itself is' just I love that it. it's a blast of energy um it's got this really sort of complex beat and arrangements and stuff going on and yeah, it's got this kind of edge of naff silliness to it. So Migos, it's their kind of signature thing, is that they blur out these little, I don't know what they're called. Um, there's probably a technical uh, musical name for them, but just at the end of each line, it's like they're saying, mm-hmm. Ice or "with Whippet. <laughs> <Woof>. um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's their kind of signature That they've been sort of picked up on By Snoop Dogg um, I don't know if you've seen the video Of his teardown of all like Modern rap music But it's yeah It's kind of ripping into that sort of style um, Ooh I'd yeah, like to see that uh, yeah. Oh yeah definitely check it out I'm not going to butcher it by um, <laughs> <laughs> doing, oh. the, doing the impression That he does of of Modern rap music It's It's really good check that out um, but yeah, I, I kind of picked this because it, it's discovered it really as like a sort of standout track off the Atlanta soundtrack when uh, myself and my wife were driving up to Wales for a road trip and it was just a really long drive and this track came on like midway through that slog, and we were both just like dancing in the car, it was amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Just got that effect, um, so yeah. Nice.
0: Lizzie, what do you make of it?
1: Yeah, so I'm really glad that we had James on um, because, well, I fe- before I make myself like a total fool here, James, is, is this trap music?
2: I wouldn't say it's standard trap music. It's quite upbeat for trap. Migos are like do delve into trap and are considered trap, I guess.
1: Because I was looking, I don't know a lot. I'm really glad we had James on because I know this is something that you're really into. So I've been trying to kind of like figure out what are the sort of characteristics of it. And I think there is a lyric in this song about it being something about it so yeah this was a really nice one to explore because it's not a genre that I know very well it's interesting you say about the kind of like naff silliness of it because I will always kind of naturally first of all like look at the lyrics so (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah but I think what I what struck me about the lyrics is that they're so broad so I feel like you sort of get in a car and you're driven around this whole world very very quickly and you'll see a little bit of this and a with that, and everything happens, and then when the song finishes, you get out of the car and then you go home. So I feel like narratively, I like how. It's just all about that world very quickly and then it's just just not. I also picked up on the kind of... I supp- I don't... It's not call and response, but yeah, the yeah, line yeah, and then the word, the word at the end yeah. of it. Um, I really enjoyed that, especially the woof part about the dogs in the night. I thought that was good. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I really enjoyed... There's a really simple... Um, I think it's a synth that just kind of goes a little bit up and a little bit down, but it's really, really simple. Mm. I was really sort of hooked on to that because it did remind me a little bit of... Kate Nash, who I'm going to talk about later um, and no doubt lots of people will hate that comparison but it is that kind of simple synth that at one point the um, vocal kind of, you know, just runs in parallel with it and it sort of goes up and it sort of goes down Yeah. Um, I, yeah I really, really, really enjoyed uh, exploring this, you totally bounce your way through it, that that never stops that never slows down and I think some of these guys co-wrote Ape Shit, is that right?
2: Really? Ah, uh, yeah, that would make sense.
1: Yeah, yeah which really I uh, didn't see that come at all. But yeah, I was just like researching it, and I think they they did an original sort of version of it, and then Beyonce and Jay Z took it, and I, and I do think they're credited as co writers, and I think they might even feature on it as well. Yeah, okay. Um So just from my very very brief research, these guys seem very very well um, regarded. I don't know if that's that's right, but. Um... But, yeah,
0: yeah, they're they're big at the moment, aren't they? Like, yeah. lot of, like oh, their album came out last year. I think they have got another album coming out quite yeah. soon as well. Like, people seem to w- really want to work
1: it. with them. Yeah,
0: yeah, Um yeah, so yeah, They got
2: big go. collaborations with like Drake and uh, stuff like that. Yeah, they're they're pretty up there, I think, in this world.
0: Yeah. Well, mm. Pharrell produced this song as well, didn't he? Which is like, he appears in the video and just kind of sits there while they're playing poker or whatever. And then I was like, why is he just sat there? And it turns out that he's kind of produced it. And I guess it's a way of just, you know, giving a little hat tip to him, the fact that he's there. But it's it's interesting you make reference to the fact that you had it in your car. And that's when you remember listening to it most prominently because we had it on in my car and having your hands on the steering wheel while this song is playing over quite a good sound system is really nice because it you i felt the vibrations going up through the steering wheel because the bass is like i mean it's clearly like impeccably produced the bass is so targeted like it doesn't swamp the track but you really feel it as well but then percussion wise there's like so much going on you've got like bongos tucked in there you've got like a symbol off to your right hand side which is kind of doing its own thing you've got a few crickets as well and it's really in- interconnected in this really like intricate way and I-, I mean I love how the rap just bounces off the rhythm as well and especially like in the chorus you've got that tension and release thing of like where it's like kitchen wrist twitted like a and then like that kind of thing and then the stir fry it's like stir fry so it ends up with this like da 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 and that whole thing just seems to like drive it forward i also think that the auto tune is like super interesting because it's kind of throttled back and then applied quite heavily depending on the verse mm. so like in um, the first is it quavo or quavo his verse is like kind of mid intensity and then it's like rolled back when offset comes in Uh, for the second verse and then it gets really thick when Takeoff's verse comes in at the end and his tone as well in the last verse is like so different to the other two that it's like oh blimey and it kind of gives the song like a little sort of lift and a bit more momentum as it's kind of like hurtling towards the ending but yeah I totally I understand with that chorus line like I say it's got this real satisfying quality to it which makes me realize that it's okay for it to be repeated over and over again because actually it does kind of get quite addictive um i also understand like looking at the lyrics that actually they're about making crack and when i say i understand that i mean that i looked it up online but uh yeah yeah i didn't know that (laughs) yeah so there you go i mean uh they
1: were just making some dinner
0: well in a way (laughs) they are some kind of sustenance that's for sure but yeah it's uh I I really enjoyed it and I've been meaning to check out Migos for a while so I was driving home once and then a song came on the radio just as I'd unplugged my phone uh because you know I was listening to something on my phone and then suddenly this cut in I was like what is that and I think it was another track of theirs called Motorsport so yeah I'm glad that I got an opportunity to listen to them as well and also it brought back Atlanta memories too
1: James, there's a bit in it which I've written down as birds in the night. There's a bit that sounds like birds tweeting, but I think it might be like a flute or a yeah. synthesised flute or something. Ah, I just, yeah, I, yeah, I know the bit. Yeah, I enjoyed that. There's
0: also a bit about a booty, like an onion, that makes the world cry. Um, yeah. Which is curious.
2: <laughs> I didn't really understand. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's sad, isn't it?
2: <laughs> I don't know how I don't know how much their lyrics are kind of really meant to be understood or like the primary yeah. kind of thing of their music. It, it's almost like used like percussion. And yeah. it's Absolutely. It's the same with those like call outs and stuff. It's kind of it feels like they're almost there to kind of accentuate the the beat and they're not yes. really yeah the narrative is. Definitely secondary.
1: <laughs> I realized as soon as I looked at the lyrics, I was like, I'm in the wrong place, I'm doing the wrong thing. These lyrics are not written to be looked up at all.
0: Uh, yeah you just have to look deeper, guys. Um like a stir
2: fry. With it, hold them bands down. Hey, your man's <laughs> down. Who told you come around? Who is <laughs> that trap sound? Tramp sound, go, fresh, show, show house, how made it go control the bag now.
0: Let's have our final recommendation, Lizzie. That's yours. What is it?
1: Yeah. So this is this is Kate Nash. Uh, this is a song called uh, Navy Taxi. It's sort of, but not quite, off her 2007 Made of Bricks album, but only on the Japanese bonus edition, I think. <laughs> so, most if you have Made of Bricks, yes, you know, so Fa- Foundations came out and was massive, and they brought out the album. I think it was five weeks early to sort of get off get on the back of that. This is a song that is well hidden and i really couldn't find it anywhere other than sort of youtube so the thing that strikes you first about this track is um there's an immediate hiss before it even starts so you know that it's a home recording um and it also peaks in places as well when she's um really going for it i really really enjoy that both of your tracks are very heavily produced this one certainly isn't and it is just um vocals and, and piano so it's kind of very uh tropical chords, which is something I think in the early days she was quite known for. Quite simple, tropical chords. Tropical? Yeah. What do you mean? Sort of, I don't know. I'll come back to that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sunny. Sunny and kind of optimistic chords. Yes. Because she's from London and her lyrics are very real, gritty, real life and you sort of get this impression that she's in a very grey place. I like the contrast of that. So I think the thing that's important to say about this track is that I just want to completely recognise that I am not pushing anything here I'm not exploring any boundaries I'm not walking about around any unknown territory I just see myself in this track and I think that's why I've always quite enjoyed her work you know the chorus on this track is is to me it's like the most comforting thing in the world and because the production is not great it does feel like a friend is saying it to you just Mm. sort of sat next to you there's no sort of layers of production that you feel sort of like oh yeah this was made somewhere else far away quite a long time ago and it's kind of an reachable yeah so the main the main sort of thing of this song is, is about a tax well I think it is anyway it's about a taxi man sort of giving disarming her she's having a bit of a rubbish time and then this sort of taxi man sort of disarms her with this really lovely wisdom where he says take your time love it's your life and it's, it's no one else's sweetheart you know don't let someone put you in a box and I just find it so warming that I sometimes do listen to this track when I'm having a rough time. And I just think, just chill out. It's okay. Take a step back. Just just whoa. And sort of reclaim everything in my life a little bit. And I have a few friends that have said that this sort of funny little track has just brought them a lot of peace at quite tumultuous times. So this is, yeah, this is my track. James, (laughs) what what are you thinking?
2: That's really interesting. Um, I think we've got sort of quite a similar interpretation of it. So the way I relate to quite a lot of music um, is pretty visual. Because I'm not as sort of musical as you guys. I don't play an instrument. I, I don't really know the sort of technical, formal stuff. Um, so visu- visuals and scenes is kind of how I relate to it. Yes, um, the so the best I kind way. Of, it's interesting you said, like, really grey, cockney sort of stuff, because that's exactly, I, I imagine, just East EastEnders. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, um, yeah, really bleak Enders episode um, and it just feels like she's really harried and kind of like lacking hope for quite a lot of it um, and then she gets this salve of kind of reassurance from the taxi driver mm. but interesting um, that you use it for like reassur- reassurance because I I find it a little bit more bleak than that um, and I don't okay. know so, yeah. yeah, when she says, like, this time it'll be different, I just wonder whether you guys are sort of convinced that it will. No. It will be different.
0: No, I'm not.
1: No, no, it won't be. But she wants it to be, and that's the most important thing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Don't
0: ruin yeah, this. I owe her nostalgia for Lizzie. You could slaughter this for her.
2: Oh, I... no, sorry. <laughs>
1: no, not, not at all. No, it's so – this is the the nice thing about this podcast, which is great because we created it, but it's – Putting something that you've held quite tightly for a long time just out out for discussion because nine no nine times out of ten you just hear things that you have never ever heard and then it changes it forever and mostly in a really interesting way. Yeah. That's interesting that you kind of see the The perhaps like the bleakness in it, do you feel like she's just in a bit of a a never ending cycle? Maybe,
2: yeah, totally. There's loads of accidents and sort of um, stuff that's happening to her rather than do do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think she loses her tenor and like misses a train. Um, It's just a lot of you know, harried is the word, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: definitely. I think,
2: um, I think also the fact
0: that the chord progression never changes throughout, like, even when she's doing that line where she's like you know this time it'll be different the chords kind of betray that because they keep coming round to the same refrain and mm-hmm. the only thing that changes yeah, is totally. the rhythm of the chords throughout so sometimes it gets a bit more jaunty sometimes the the piano kind of goes so it's just like a chord very soft chord and then another very soft chord and it's almost like the same shit different day kind of thing the rhythm changes but only yeah. the chord progression is the same all the way through And, yeah, I I mean, I like the idea. I thought the, the image of carrier bags in a Navy taxi is really cool because it plants this image in my head of someone whose belongings are in something very transient and who's also getting a form of transport, which someone might get if they miss the train or the bus, like they have to shell out more, but to get there quicker, they're constantly chasing their schedule down a bit. And like James, I definitely didn't see this as a an optimistic thing. It was like the days that you wake up and go, right, I'm going to pull my shit together. And then suddenly you find that, you know, your flies are undone. Uh, or something like that and you're like okay actually I don't know why that was you know that's obviously a pertinent example to me um I mean it's it's really interesting to hear Kate Nash now I think because this is something that I felt like when she was big in the mid-naughties this whole kind of awkward conversational style of vocal and you know an accent that was quite authentic to the singer rather than you know adopting this faux American style was suddenly quite big I mean the streets were big around this time as well you had these sort of bastions of authentic living sort of being quite popular and quite big and Mm. it feels like that there's now a lot of that you know we've got something like grime which is massive and it's interesting hearing Kate Nash now again within the context of this now being quite a prevalent way of approaching music
1: Oh, and it's wildly different to the work that she makes now. Like wildly, wildly oh, yeah. different. But I, I really enjoy it because I think if, if you know her work, this is really like a glimpse of a home recording where you can see how somebody started. It's got everything that characterises her early yeah. work right there in one go. And you just think, wow, you're just going to go on this amazing journey that is still very much in flow now, but just in a completely different way. Yeah. Um, and it's just nice. I think it's, I think it's really lovely to hear people at the very start of that journey and going, ah these are all the you know ingredients that you're eventually going to put into this crazy cake and ah, yeah.
0: yeah yeah and, she, and just... mistakes as well like she does some playing mistakes This is mm. interesting isn't it she's like and she just lets them be
1: all right well she's in the rain <laughs> well, she's, lost, she's lost the tenor. <laughs> <laughs> give, her, <laughs> give her a chance
0: but that's <laughs> yeah. why it's nice isn't it it's like you wouldn't smooth over them if you're doing no. a song about kind of your obligations getting on top of you you wouldn't be like this needs to be a perfect take
1: the other trains delayed. great Carry carrier bags and a navy taxi man said take your time love. No. 'Cause cause you don't have to rush cause it's your
0: Cool, well this has been great. James, thanks for coming on the, the poddy.
2: No worries, it's been awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much. I really, really did enjoy I'm definitely gonna listen to more Migos. That's that was really nice yeah. to go to go into that. Pop yeah. more
0: on in the car, that's the way to do it. Uh yeah. Lizzie, if people wanna keep up to speed with fantastic beats, where should they be headed?
1: Yes, you should be headed to uh, fantasticbeatspodcast.com or you can find us on Twitter at fantastic underscore pod. Or if you want to be a guest or you've got something to say, you can email us at hello at fantasticbeatspodcast.com. This has been fabulous. Thank you, everyone. Uh, We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.